Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. Uh, good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning radio broadcast in our 18th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Good afternoon. Good evening. I'm Liz Mitchell. The primary elections take place on Tuesday, May 2nd, here in Monroe County. Early voting began on April the 4th and ends on May 1st. Primary elections are now political parties choose their candidates for general election in the fall. Voters are required to declare a party affiliation and will see on the ballot only the candidates in their party. Primary election voters may actually choose the eventual winner of the general elections in places where one party's registered voters greatly outnumbered the others. Municipal elections will be held across Indiana this year. It won't be as busy as next year with the presidential election, or even 2022 with the midterms, as we recall. But in, in Monroe County, Bloomington will elect a mayor, city clerk, and common city council members. The town of Ellettsville will elect a clerk, treasurer, and representatives to the town council from three wards. Over the next few weeks, we will attempt to reach out to candidates seeking the Democratic Party's nomination for mayor of Bloomington. And they are Don Griffith, Susan Sandberg, and Carrie Thompson. Tonight, we're speaking with former deputy mayor and local businessman, Don Griffin. Don, welcome to Bring It On, and thank you for coming. Thank you. I love being here. You guys are, it's always a pleasure. I love it. Well, um, we're, we're glad that you're joining us. Uh, you, you have a lot to share, and I can uh, definitely perceive that. But first, let's start off with this for our listeners who, by chance, may not have had the opportunity to get acquainted with you. Who is Don Griffin? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I am a uh, 52-year resident of Bloomington. Um, Me and my wife uh, uh, grew up here. And uh, the only time I ever left is is to... uh, to go off to college and study architecture at Hampton University. And then uh, uh, I had to come back home uh, because of, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of people go through this. They, they, they run out of money. A lot of poor, poor folks go through this where they run out of money and they can't finish up. And uh, I had a 27 hour bus ride, uh, Greyhound bus ride back home to figure out what I wanted to do next. And uh and what what ended up I ended up getting my real estate license in in about two weeks um at the age of twenty uh twenty one years old and uh and then st- started a real estate career that I thought was just gonna be for a semester, but it ended up being for thirty two years um eventually uh you know i I got involved in the community uh um when when I got back whether it was um uh, jazz in July and, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, 
uh, and then, um, and then, you know, so I was given back to the community and, and, uh, got involved in, uh, politics and became a, a, um, uh, redevelopment commissioner in, at, in, in my twenties. And then later on in life, uh, I got, uh, I became the, uh, president of the redevelopment commission as well as, uh, some other things such as the democratic, we, me and Nicole Bolden, uh, created the black democratic caucus, uh, which, uh, before its existence, we only had, uh, two, um, uh, elected official, African-American elected officials. We now have seven, uh, in the, in the, uh, county. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I did that. Uh, and then, uh, the mayor asked if I would be interested in being, uh, a dep- his deputy mayor. And what that does, a deputy mayor is the guy that runs the city, uh, 850 employees, all department heads report to the deputy mayor. Uh, so the police chief, the fire chief, uh, legal hand, uh, they all report to the deputy mayor. And so I, I have, uh, I, I, it was a, it was a new challenge. It was a lot to learn. One of the hardest jobs, uh, I think anyone could ever have. Because it never stops, but I actually loved it. And uh, when the mayor decided that he did not want to, to he was not going to pursue another term, I decided to step in there. Um, and and I'll be honest, by design, in the in the sense that I wouldn't have became the deputy mayor to to uh, uh, if I wasn't interested in in going further uh, in uh, running the city. So, you know, over the last two years, I've put some things in place that I want to finish up. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Don. What things have you put in place that you want to finish up? Uh, You know, uh, uh, opportunities for more affordable housing and housing in general, uh, whether that's mapping out new areas that are underutilized within city limits um, I, I, uh, I raised your taxes. I'm sorry, but, uh, I, I had to, I had to, uh, uh, that, that happened last year, but we raised the lit so that we can do more things so that we can give back, uh, more to the community. You know, we, we, the goal is if you notice Bloomington, Bloomington it continues to, uh, to become this community of have and have nots and the divide keeps, uh, increasing as our, quality of life, which we want to keep up. We want to keep up the quality of life. We want the great parks. We want the trails. We want all these really cool things, but it, it we have to be able to apply it equally amongst everyone. Bloomington needs to continue, or it needs to be a, a community because uh, it, it, it isn't continuing, like, but it needs to be a, 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 a community that uh, seeks to uh, help everyone to allow everyone to come here and live there's other communities around the country who are great as far as places to live but they're no longer affordable uh we need to be that community that's that no matter who you are no matter uh uh if you're coming in rich poor what color you are who you love uh you know uh, how you identify bloomington needs to be that community that's for everyone and and really, that's my goal, man. That's my goal. Yeah, we can, you know, uh, to 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 be this great city uh, that's great for everyone. 
Well, we talked a lot about affordable housing. We know that uh, Bloomington is an expensive place to live. I don't know if it's true or not, mm-hmm. but I heard we're it even is. more expensive than Carmel. Uh, I don't know if that's true, mm-hmm. but what's it, it a dollar amount? It is true. Oh, it is true. Yes, it's okay. it, it, it's really true. It's it, I tell you why it's even truer. It, it is is because Carmel has the so our house call our housing costs uh, and the things that we have in our community are are more generally speaking than any other place in Indiana, but our income level is really low yeah. compared to other. So so that makes it even worse. The the, the ratio between what you're making and and the cost of living is so much higher here uh, yeah. than any other place in Indiana. So yes, we we need uh, we need better paying jobs. We need to be a community that doesn't so, so solely rely on Indiana University. Yes. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to ask you, what is the dollar amount of affordable housing? What does that look? What what is that? Well, it, it's we try to base it on the ratio of uh, of of uh, of the average income of the household, and so if we can find if we can find housing uh, that's affordable to someone who has about eighty percent of the average income, that starts to that starts to be affordable. But my gosh, we have people uh, that uh, that are at twenty percent of the average. We have households that are at twenty percent the average income of a of a. You follow me? So so there there's a big big space there. Um, so are you talking uh, about that affordable housing? The cost of affordable housing is that a house that would be one hundred and fifty thousand, one hundred and eighty thousand. Two hundred thousand. What's the well, dollar I, amount? Well, I, I tell you, I tell you right now, the average house in uh, in Bloomington or Monroe County, I want to say is two sixty, two seventy, two hundred seventy thousand dollars. And we know a lot. There's a lot of people that can't afford that. Look, um, and that, and, and we're just talking about the price to purchase, right? Um, you know, you've got bedrooms that are. You've got some bedrooms in. Bloomington that are going to for fourteen hundred dollars a bedroom, sixteen hundred dollars a bedroom. You know, uh, 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 the regular a rich college student, um, their their parents can afford that, but uh, 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 a working class uh, guy or, or or family they they can't they can't do that. And and here's the thing, check this out: only thirty eight percent of the folks within city limits own their property everybody else is is rental it's all rental and investment property and then people you know and and i I, you'll hear excuses from the other folks who don't want more uh growth or more opportunity or they don't want the plexes in their neighborhood they want to preserve whatever um say hey you know uh don that's because half of the people are students but we're not looking at the fact that it, it's also because people can't afford to live here. And the only people that can buy things here are either rich or they're investors. There's a lot of people 
who live on the outskirts of town that would love to live in town if it was affordable. It would be cheaper because of transportation costs, being close to everything. Uh, if you got accessibility issues, it would be closer to to the hospitals and and and, and services. Uh, so that's nonsense when people want to tell you that. Uh, we need more. We need more affordable housing, and we definitely need better-paying jobs. We need to uh, be diverse in 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 our in our job selection on 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 how, the two different types of jobs that we that we have here. Well, if you just join, bring it on. We're having a conversation with Democratic mayoral candidate Don Griffin, and again, uh, the elections are on Tuesday, May second. It is, as of uh, the beginning of the month of April, too late to register, but many of you have registered, and some of you have not voted in a while, so May 2nd is the date for the primaries here in Monroe County. Uh, Don, I had a question, sort of as a follow-up, uh, what you're describing almost seems insurmountable as far as uh, affordable housing and um, even affordable rentals. Um, what is... What's the solution to begin to right that situation, to uh, right the ship, if you will? Yeah, uh, you know, I think we have to look at the different options that are out there. We're not the only community de- dealing with this, and have and haven't been, and 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 won't be the only community that, uh, in the future that deals with this. But uh, you know, there we have to start looking at other forms of uh, of, of housing increased density right we you know uh everybody is not going to have a quarter acre of a lot that's just not that's just not feasible anymore we've got to look at townhouses we got we have to look at a co-op situations um uh to make housing more affordable we have to look at uh what they call um land trust where uh the city or some other developer keeps the a hold of the uh, ownership of the land uh, to make the actual housing that's bought on it more affordable. Uh, it's been done before. We're, we're going to be doing it again. Um, there, there, there's, 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 uh, accessory dwelling units, um, which are, uh, units that are, uh, that people are putting, are what we used to call granny flats that, that people can put on their existing lots. And actually you're seeing a lot of that. You, you have a lot of neighborhoods that say they don't want it and it's going to cause all this. But boy, the folks that can afford it, it seems like they're putting them up. The same people who are upset about it, they're putting them up and making them into uh, uh, studio spaces and uh, teenage spaces and everything else. Um, but I think that 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 could uh, that could possibly uh, help. Uh, there's cottage. I'm, I'm just giving you uh, examples of things that have worked in other communities. Um, but it, it really, it really is looking at the properties that we have and, and keep in mind as a uh, deputy mayor, um, I've, I had the uh, planning department, the utilities department and hand start to map out areas first areas that we own underutilized property that we as a city actually own. Like parking, like the parking lot uh, behind um, the uh, the Indiana uh, Theater. The, what, what do we call the Indiana Theater now? Um, Bus Kirk Chumley. There's that that big old lot. Do we? Yes, it's got parking. It's got surface parking, but it's owned by the city. Is that a 
Is that an opportunity to create more affordable housing? Because that's what ha- land is so expensive in Bloomington, right? Um, that, you know, that taking the cost of the land out of the equation will make a property a lot more affordable. So we have to look at opportunities that will first the city owns that can, uh, that can be, uh, uh, that can help with development of affordable housing. But then we also have to look at areas within the city that are underutilized. And so that's what we've been looking at, like a house on two and a half acres or three acres or even one acre. Can that house, uh, be torn down and, and, uh, and eight units be put on it instead? We, and you're talking and then about, we got, you're talking about, uh, dilapidated housing or empty housing, not, you know, the frightening thought kind of went through my mind approaching an, a landowner, a homeowner, and saying, hey, we need your property. But that's not what you were describing, right? No, no, no. I am I am describing that, too. I'm describing going, uh, uh, going up to a guy, a person and say, hey, you know, you got a nice place here. You know, the open market says it's worth 200000 but uh, will you take three hundred for it? Because we can tear this thing down or keep the existing structure and build things around it. There are some properties that are like that where the house can remain, but there's other opportunities. And maybe that, maybe that owner of that property, uh, can actually keep the property and have help in developing it, uh, as investment property, property for affordability. I think what I'm saying is we have to be flexible. We have to think outside of the box. We've got a community. We, 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 our retention and recruitment of people of color, uh, of 23 to 33 year olds is being, is being harmed by not, not just our, the heart of our community, meaning we've got to get right. We can talk about that later about becoming a community of belonging, but it's also housing prices or the fact that they can't find places to live. Uh, so yeah. So figuring out, you know, uh, Things for this 23 to 33 year old uh, uh, group who we're trying to retain and recruit right now, we can't, we can't seem to keep them, uh, is going to be really, really important. Right. It seems that uh, uh, what we've offered to potential home buyers in the past is you have to go further and further away uh, from the center to find that possible uh, affordable place uh, so that price mm-hmm. may just drop. Um, that sort of brings me into a question concerning collaborative partnerships uh, with some of our uh, great partners in, in Bloomington, IU, Ivy Tech, and others. Mm-hmm. Land is valuable. Land, in some respects, can be a little scarce. So in some respects, we're com- competing with an IU of a property. And I look around as I drive around and others, uh, new college student dorms are popping up everywhere, but they seem very upper scale, but they're not necessarily affordable housing for your typical resident, you know. So, how do you enhance that coll- collaborative partnership with an IU or Ivy Tech to sort of work together? Well, keep, you know, keep in mind that the the apartments that you see going up those are those are investors who are capitalizing on the fact that we have so many students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not even it's not even IU and India. You know, IU is benefiting in the fact that they can the more these more apartments come up, the more uh, opportunity to bring in more students, right? But they're not, they're not capitalizing on it in regards to, 
to the the real estate investment. Um, but we we you're right. We have been in talks with uh, with Ivy Tech, with uh, IU, uh, with Cook, with uh, IU uh, Health uh, on uh, opportunities to collaborate. Because all of those folks uh, are having a hard time finding housing for staff, and and uh, and and um, and so there 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 are opportunities um, uh, that that exist for collaboration. Uh, there's this thing called a master lease. I keep I forget. Clarence, uh, if people don't know this, Clarence uh, is a real estate agent, so a real estate broker, so he kind of knows what I'm talking. But a master lease. Uh, you know, we might be able to get a developer to, um, to get excited about building affordable housing if there's a master lease from, say, uh, Ivy Tech. Ivy Tech has brand new faculty that come in and, and they've got 20 of them that, and they need apartments. And we can go to, uh, we can go to a developer and say, hey, you know what? Ivy Tech. Uh, in collaboration, I'm just using this as an example. I'm not saying that we've done this with Ivy Tech, but in collaboration with, um, with the city of Bloomington, we've got 20 families that are willing to lease a, lease properties at $1,500 uh, a month as a master lease for the next 10 years. Uh, are you interested in building that product? And they're going to be like, yeah, if the numbers, those numbers work. Uh, show us where you're going to do it. Well, we've got this, uh, we've got the old hospital site. We've got a little area here that we're thinking would be great for nurses, or we've got a little area here that we think would be great for a brand new teachers at MCCSC. Um, uh, how many do you need MCCS, MCCSC? Um, so there's opportunities. We, and, and, and Clarence and, 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 um, and Liz, I, we have been having the, the conversation, what I'm talking about are discussions that have been going on about master leasing and other ways of collaboration uh, with with the larger stakeholders in the community. Um, anyway. Okay. Um, Don, there are three great candidates. Hmm. Uh, out of the three, of course, you believe you would be make the better mayor. Why do you believe that? Uh, I'll say this because I have, I have a vision of, of where I want to take uh, the community. My focus is, is on the future, right? Um, I I already know it's, it's not on the other folks. They're focused on what they feel or what they perceive was done wrong in the past, but they're not giving you, a vision for what the future may bring and what a future Bloomington is going to look like. When I talk about believe in Bloomington, I talk about a sense of place. I talk about the the idea that Bloomington can be one of the best communities in the entire country. And these, this is how we go there. We become a better Bloomington. We, we become iconic because in this global economy, that's what you need. We're no longer just competing against other towns and cities in Indiana. We're competing with the Boulder, Colorados and the Davises and even the Austin, Texas. We're, we're competing outside of Indiana. So 
we have to actually, if we're go- we actually have to be who we say we are. We, and that for me, that's that's uh, that's focusing on sustainability because we claim that we're about sustainability, and we do we do focus on that. But we need to be the best at that. We need to benchmark ourselves to be the best at that. Diversity, inclusion, accessibility, and the sense of belonging. I mean, I I, I can't I I I started that at the very beginning. I, I see that my competitors are now taking that on. Um, and rightfully so, but our heart has got to be better. We have to be this community that truly is about belonging, not just, I, we don't see you. We don't see color. We don't see our differences. No, this needs to be a community that celebrates our differences. I've got a plan. And here's the thing. I've been working on it for two years. I've been, I've been training and, and setting things in place. Everybody's asking the other guys, uh, uh, who, who have never done anything this complex, have never ran a government this complex, okay? Um, our, our government, um, they keep asking them or us, what are you going to do in the first 90 days? And they want to reinvent the wheel. They want to uh, reinvent uh, a, a system that they don't understand. And I actually understand the game that's being played. I, I know how to play it. So on day one, I'm focused on the future, not uh, not uh, what needs what needs to happen. What do I what I need to learn? And I tell you what, it's going to take a lot longer than 90 days to figure out uh, how things work within the city. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, and th- so diversity, inclusion, housing. If housing is our big book boogaboo, I've done over a half a billion dollars in housing. I've been part of the, I've been the president of the redevelopment commission that is purchasing the hospital and the trades district and the beeline trail. Like I, I, I've been the, I, the beeline trail, the trades, the, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, switchyard park, the garages. My names are on all these things. Mm-hmm. So this isn't, this isn't new for me. This is, I've been in government. I've been doing things in our government for years and years and years, not necessarily preparing to be the mayor. It's just in my DNA to make our city better. So, so uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Thank you for that answer. Let's address another big topic, the mm-hmm. unsheltered population. And why does it keep growing? Uh, you, you know, it's, I, I want to say it's not actually growing. It's remained under 400,000 or 400 people. It's re- actually remained under 400 people. I think it might be between 350 and 320, uh, just depending. It, it, what, what you're seeing though is you're seeing a lot more substance abuse. You're seeing a lot more, uh, mental health crises. Um, you're you're you know um and and here's the thing i think uh i think we as a community i think we've got to do better in helping uh our folks who need the help we got to do better at we we've got we we can't be afraid to be the best at that too i'm taught this believe in bloomington means being the best at all the things that we care about if we really care about people, we've got to be better at 
uh, and give more resources to helping these folks out. And it may start with how we see the unhoused. You know, uh, I was talking to um, someone uh, about foster care and they were telling me how many of the folks are 18 year olds that are being pushed out of the foster care that are living on the side of buildings now. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I was talking to a, 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 a lady who uh, represents trans uh, uh, children and, um, and, and, and LG, children that are LGBTQ plus. And we were talking about how many kids, we always hear the story of someone coming out to their parents and their family and their family holding them in their arms saying, we love you anyway. Uh, but we, we, the, the, the press doesn't talk about the kids who are pushed out of their family and told that, you know, that in not in my house. That's happening on a, on a daily, weekly basis. Or the, 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 the girl who gets pregnant. Um, I mean, this is, uh, we've got to change how we, uh, how we see, uh, uh, the people that we caught, the, the people that are suffering on the streets. And maybe if we do that, maybe when, when we start looking at those people as family, you know, that this is someone's mother or sometimes grandmother or grandfather, uh, or brother. I mean, if we start thinking more in along that lines, uh, maybe we'll be less concerned when we hear, when we hear someone screaming or, uh, 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 or, um, or, or suffering on the streets. Cause I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you're a, if you're a, a millionaire and you're six foot four, if this guy's listening, you're, you're six foot four, um, uh, lawyer who, uh, who, who has been, who, uh, who is telling me that they're scared to get on the B line. Uh, I, I really, I'm not sure I, yeah, I, you know what? Maybe we should cut that out. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, That's okay. Yeah, it's just it's just one of your passions. It's uh, looking it, at humanity and treating us like have value. I, I think so, Clarence. I think I think I've been thinking of it about this program. You know how they have ride-alongs for police? Yeah, I think I think we need we need to get people to talk because here's the thing: I'm a business owner. Um, that's downtown. So, uh, I, I know the effects that I've, I've, I know the cleanup that I've had to do, the thousands and thousands of dollars that I've had to do on my building, uh, and in my woods. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think maybe we do something where you, you have one of those business owners, one of the restaurant owners, uh, hang out with, uh, with the people, with someone at HealthNet or Beacon, who is uh, who's helping out folks like that. You have them go out for a day, but then you have someone that uh, that that works at Beacon, uh, hey, uh, shadow you at the restaurant during the day or at the business. Door. I think we all need to see what the other is seeing, and then come to the table and say. Okay, what are we going to do about like we, we find that one true thing like we want to make Bloomington better for all. We all do want to do that. Okay, now how 
How does this happen? I saw it through your eyes. You saw it through my eyes. And mm-hmm. that we both, we both want the, what's best for our community. Let's, let's make it happen Let, to move forward. We, that, I, I think that's what has to happen. We have to, uh, because guys, that's, that's being on all these different sides of, of the equation. I'm able to look at all different sides, whether I'm a business guy, whether it's my job as a deputy mayor to make sure all my citizens are fine. Uh, um, whether, whether, you know, I have family members who, who are suffering with schizophrenia or bipolar or, or what have you. Um, I, I'm seeing it from all sides. And so I think everybody you, else needs to, too. Yeah. So what you're suggesting, you mentioned the, the police having the, the, the ride-alongs so that the public can see things through their eyes. So if I've heard you correctly, you're saying maybe some of us in the community are to go sit in the park with the homeless and talk to them and see and get a view firsthand personally. And then maybe that would change the views of some people. Maybe, but I, I'm not necessarily even saying the homeless. I, I am saying, uh, I'm saying the folks who work in that industry, the, uh-huh. the, the, the social workers who are, who are seeing these, who have, who, who some, who have touched, you know, hundreds of people sometimes weekly. And they can tell you and show you what folks are going through. It might be safer for you. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not suggesting we just start, start talking to just random folks. Um, but, but I think if we did something similar, uh, to, to, uh, uh, you know, and I don't, don't get me wrong. Hmm. Yeah. I I, th- I think your idea is good too. I think if 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 you feel comfortable doing that, I think that's fine too. Okay, all right. And now you talked about uh, and you apologized for this. You said you had to raise our rates, raise raise taxes. Okay, um, I didn't really mean to apologize to that for that. I really didn't. <laughs> okay, because because we know, need also it. our utilities are going up. This is going up. That's going up. And a lot of people like me, especially where I live on the west side of town, we're all retired people. Our incomes don't are not going up to match everything else going up with taxes, utility, trash pickup. I mean, it's uh, what is draining folks, homeowners. So what's the solution to that? Or is there a solution? You know, um. The solution to that, I mean, it costs to run. It costs to run a city. It costs to run a county, and and I mean, and and if we want world class things, um, it's, there's there's sometimes it's going to have to be sacrificed. The city of Bloomington and actually Monroe County still has some of the lowest taxes in the state. It really does. I mean, uh, uh, the surrounding counties, I think Lawrence County, I think, I, you know, I'd have to check if it's still the same. I think uh, Morgan County, I think even Green County still has higher taxes than we do uh, uh, when it comes to lit and that kind of stuff. So um, uh, 
but there are things that we want. We want more police. We want to be able to pay our police more. We want to still have a uh, a, a top ranked uh, fire uh, um, department, right? We want to uh, provide opportunities for more affordable housing. There's a million dollars a year now in the new taxes that goes towards creating more affordable housing uh, uh, opportunities for the unhoused. I think uh, a third of it goes opportunity for people to purchase their first home and then opportunities for more affordable rental uh, housing. So we've got things in there. We got uh, we got a, uh, a million something else in there for uh, folks who uh, own property uh, or um, uh, who because of or not necessarily own property. I don't mean that, um, that have jobs that uh, are being affected by the increased lit. There are programs in there. There's money in there to help out uh, with some kind of voucher. I don't know what we're going to do with that, uh, but in uh, the limit that we're putting, but we're working on it. There's there's a million plus dollars uh, in our in our uh, uh, local income tax, the new uh, local income tax uh, that. Uh, that helps out people who are are actually suffering or will be suffering from that. So there's things in there, right? There's things in there for, uh, and, and, you know, sometimes the things that are in there are not necessarily there, you know, a, a wheelchair ramp, uh, more ramps that may not ha- help you right now, but being part of community means that it's going to help somebody else in the community. Mm-hmm. Putting, my, putting more money in the, the schools. That's not going to help me right now because I don't have a, I don't have a school age child, but it's going to help the community. So there's a lot in there uh, when you're, you know, that doesn't come to you directly, but it's going to be helping the community a, as a whole. Okay. For, for those who've uh, just joined us, we're having a conversation on Democratic mayoral candidate, Don Griffin. Uh, and again, as we've announced earlier, uh, the primary elections are on Tuesday, May the 2nd. And we are, our intent is to ask all the mayoral candidates to join us over the next few weeks to share their aspirations, their platform with our listeners. Uh, and Don, you mentioned uh, something about, well, you've been talking about some of the challenges and some of the issues that you have gleaned as main concerns in Bloomington. There's another area that I have heard and read about and some of the previous forums that you've been a part of and some of the concerns raised at some of these uh, uh, discussion groups, uh, repairing the intergovernmental relationships. Um, I would imagine between the city and county or other entities, can you speak to that? Can you give us sort of a barometer feel that that you've observed as deputy mayor and what you intend to do to improve it? So, so, you know, um, saying that kind of stuff sells newspapers or gets clicks. Um, but our relationship with the county, uh, as well as Indiana University is actually solid. There are literally, look, I'm the, I'm the liaison. I was, as the deputy mayor, I was the liaison between, uh, all those parties. Um, whether it, Hey, whether it's Duke or whether it's, uh, uh, IU Health or, um, or Ivy Tech, um, we have constant, uh, Chamber of Commerce, 
we have uh, co- um, conversations with those groups and arrangements with all those groups at, at, all the time. But between the city and uh, the county, there are literally hundreds of things that go on between us, whether it's the, the roads, whether it's the, uh, the uh, uh, police and sheriff, um, whether it's, uh, I mean, my God, the dispatch, um, the, the, the dispatch station is, is ran by both parties. So, so there, there's a lot that's happening now fr- from the top, you know, um, the, the, the commissioners uh, at the County and, uh, and the office of the mayor, uh, it, it, it is a little rough. Our relationship with them is, a, uh, is a little, a little rough. Um, but I don't, if, if you're looking at the jail system that the, the, what's happening at the jail, right? The city is not involved in that at all. And it's, it's the commissioners against the, the uh, council members, the, the county council members and the judges and the sheriff. Right. Yeah. Um, you, so you're saying, oh, you're, you're seeing uh, things play out uh, that normally are playing out behind the scenes. Uh, our relationship, uh, the, the city's relationship with the county, for the most part, is really good. But there are oppor- there have been opportunities uh, to have discussions uh, an olive branch, as you will, has been passed to the other party and it has not been received. So I, you know, I, I will continue as, as the mayor, I will continue to reach out because it's the best thing for our, our, our community. Um, but I, I, I will, as the, uh, the head of Bloomington, and the the best advocate, the highest advocate for uh, our city, uh, I have to make sure that that what we do benefits the city the most. Um, I, I want we, of course, we want to help the region, not just the rest of the county, but the counties around us. Bloomington is this uh, economic hub uh, that that is successful when everybody else is successful but i will not bend over backwards um and i will not uh i will not give in to uh to things that um that we value as as a community as a city does that make sense or was that it it, it does it does and and a follow-up to that is sort of uh shifting gears a little bit you know there are a lot of opportunities that we as a city can take advantage of. Um, and just looking at some of our um, amenities that are pleasing to people, one of the reasons why people love to relocate here, you know, we have excellent educational opportunities here. Uh, we have excellent entertainment that, that emanates from here. Of course, uh, tourism, I mean, we have a lake, uh, one of the larger inland lakes in the mm-hmm. state of Indiana. Um, even as a small child, when I was nine and 10, my parents brought me down to football games. And believe it or not, IU was very competitive under John Pott. That was a long, that was a long time ago. Like I said, when I was nine and 10, okay, we're not, 
This interview is not about how old I am. Now, uh, one of the things I enjoyed most about coming down to Memorial Stadium is looking out over that vast fabric of, uh, of just leaves and foliage that were just changing colors in the fall and just the natural beauty of this city. Uh, what things do you propose to bolster such things as tourism, uh, our technology investments, mm-hmm. and even in our uh, innovation startups? Okay, so, so uh, man, I think, I, 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 I think tourism uh, and being this, uh, uh, my whole thing about Believe in Bloomington and economic and cultural growth is tied uh, to being an arts, cultural, and music destination of the Midwest. I want to be an arts, cultural, and music mecca of the Midwest. Uh, I want more opportunities uh, for uh, for folks to hone their craft here in town. We have got some amazing musicians. You know what? We actually even have one of the largest independent record companies in the world here in Bloomington, in Secretly Group. Uh, we've got other, we've got um, several studios around here. We've got uh, famous people who who uh, who just live that are known throughout the world for what the music that they play uh, or their voices that are just hanging out here in Bloomington, living here in Bloomington, living their best life in Bloomington. We need more of that. We've got this uh, this uh, um, Jacobs School of Music, which is one of the best schools of uh, music in the world. And if it was an engineering school. And we were watching all the engineers go and leave. We would call it brain drain. And we'd be trying to figure out ways uh, uh, to keep those folks here. So we've got to do that as well. I think we, to be this uh, a destination, we also have to be this homestead where people decide to stay, hone their craft here, create, and we can create industry around that. Uh, whether it's more record companies, whether it's more venues uh, or even outdoor venues uh, where people can perform or, or, or um, uh, incubator space, that kind of thing. But I really want, I think, I think Bloomington is kind of, we're, we're, we're almost there, but we've done it organically for a long time. You, just like you said, you just coming down here to visit and you loved it, but it wasn't, it, it it wasn't you just came down because it was beautiful, and and that's great for it to be organically awesome like that. But I think now we have to be intentional about becoming this community, becoming iconic. I think uh, uh, that's one of the pieces uh, that we must do that no one else can do like us. And like you said, like the fauna and the the hills. It doesn't even it doesn't. No other part of Indiana looks like this. Uh, and, and I think we just really have to start capitalizing on it. One of the things, uh, of, of course, you know who I am and what I do. I'm all about African-American history, mm-hmm. the heritage and the culture. Uh, one of the things I think is important uh, for Bloomington, and you talk about the tourism, and this would be part of that, is my vision for a cultural trail, African-American cultural trail. 
I'm sure that you're aware of that the the African-American history is disappearing. People don't know the local history. And I'm thinking that this trail could be interactive where you had it throughout Monroe County, different spots, recognizing those uh, significant contributions of African-Americans here, where Mm -hmm. our tourists, rather than staying directly on Kirkwood, there's more to Bloomington than Kirkwood, that we can encourage our tourists to to get off of Kirkwood and go see these spots and then have the... um, the businesses, local businesses, even participate in this. If you if you take your phone and each mm-hmm. of these little signs have a QR code and they go in and visit each site, learn mm-hmm. more about these people and do so many sites that they can get like a coupon to shop at one of our local businesses. So mm-hmm. what do you think about... Um, putting that part of and bringing out the African-American history and also tell us anything else that we didn't cover that you feel you need to talk about. No, no. So I, I think uh, this whole diversity inclusion and accessibility and belonging uh, uh, a part of my campaign, uh, it, it, it celebrates all of all that we have, the history that we have, uh, our African-American history, um, uh, it, the other, you know, other folks as well. But, um, you know, I think that's, and we, me and you have talked about this, uh, about this, uh, uh, this trail. And, um, see, I think the convention center is a step off point for that. The if we do this brand new convention center, I think, I think the conv- the, the convention center that we create needs to be a front porch. When we have people come in, it should be a front porch. I sit, I, I live in Elm Heights. So, uh, I, I can hear things in the city. I can smell things from my porch and decide to walk off and find out what's going on at Bryant Park or whatever downtown. And I, I think that, that, uh, uh, this new convention center needs to be a, um, a place where when people come in, uh, they don't decide to stay. They move outside that, those walls. We need to have things like you're talking about that says, Hey, follow this trail. And, and it needs to take people. It needs to be a convention center that takes people out into our community mm-hmm. so that they can feel the fabric of our community and the colors of our community and the, just the, the amazing history that we have. Uh, I think it's a wonderful idea, Liz. Um, I, I, I tell you where I, what I've noticed, uh, I hope I'm not talking too long. I know my answers to things are long, but y'all can cut it out or whatever. But, um, what I've noticed about our community is it's got all these amazing ingredients, but no one's mixed them up to make something delicious. We've got all these different cultures. We've got, uh, we've got uh, young people and old people. It, it is truly a multi-generational community, but there's very little, uh, re- interaction between the groups. And so the next for Bloomington to the whole idea of believing in Bloomington means that we 
we we take those things that we have and we mix them together and we make them something amazing that no one else has ever seen. Um, because because we, we're we're all doing it in silos right now. We're trying to be better in our groups in silos, and sometimes we're all working on the same doggone thing, and we don't even know it. And uh, and so we'll have to come together to truly be this community of of that that is a uh, a welcoming, belonging community that I think we can be. But like I said, everything we're talking about, we have to be intentional about it, and it can't just be lip service. We can't can't just be lip service because uh, uh, people see the ingredients and they come here thinking it's going to be you know, what they think it's going to be because they've been recruited to do that. And then they come here and we can't retain them because it's not really what we say it is. It's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Anything that you want to talk about, Don, that we have not covered? We've got how many minutes left? Uh, I don't know. You guys have any more questions for me? Well, I, I um, I have a an observation. Uh, one thing that I like in the uh, First Nations community is, and then sort of their public facing promotionals, uh, be it all uh, digital or even in printed literature, uh, they do acknowledge that a lot of the ground that has uh, either been used by the university or, or other elements has been sacred native ground, and mm-hmm. that, that's a really great acknowledgement. I look at the Hispanic community. Uh, and such things as this platform that we're talking today, WFHB, with Ola Bloomington, and uh, allowing a platform for some of our uh, non-English-speaking communities. Uh, here's a program. Uh, you know, we just had our fundraising drive, so we talk about things like this. We we provide platforms for non-speaking groups of people to tune in and and become aware of what's going on. You don't find that in in every community around the state of Indiana. Uh, Bloomington has intentionally decided to embrace and celebrate, but we need to do more. And I, and I clearly hear you saying that. Can you speak of uh, perhaps uh, in, in the arts area, because I've heard you speak before, and that seems to be a very passionate thing for you in the arts and, and uh, the cultural areas. What type of programming do you envision? Maybe celebrations on a weekend, or what do you envision? We have about a, oh, about a 90 second window left here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so Bloomington should, because of uh, our rich history of music and culture and arts and poetry, as well as our diverse uh, group of of folks who live here, we have the opportunity to celebrate and have festivals every month. Could you imagine? I mean, uh, and keep in mind, every time we have these festivals every time we have a football game that's an opportunity to shine that's an opportunity to convert uh, uh someone to say you know what i think i want to i, I want to live here right uh because that's what we're trying to do that is that is what we're trying we're, we're we're trying to do we're trying to uh get not only retain and recruit uh uh the 23 to 33 year olds that we need but we're trying to retain and recruit job creators 
That's what we want. We have to diversify the, we have to find that next cook, right? We have to find, we have to find that next startup. And, and, and so the culture and, and uh, the diversity that we have, I think that's, that's something that, uh, that, that someone might be looking for. And we just need to let the whole world know this is who Bloomington is. This is that boldly be Bloomington. This is who we are and come to Bloomington. If you've got, got progressive thoughts and you, uh, uh, want to be part of something special, different than the rest of Indiana, come on. Uh, then, then, then come to Bloomington. Well, with that, um, we'd like for that to be the last word. We want to give our thanks to Democratic mayoral candidate Don Griffin uh, for making the time to join us this uh, evening to discuss his candidacy and the upcoming primaries that once again are held on Tuesday, May the 2nd. For more information on candidate Don Griffin, visit his website at griffinformayor.org. Again, griffinformayor.org. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address once again, is bring it on at wfhb.org. Bring it on's executive producer is George Truly Clarence Boone. Our assistant producer is the lady that just um, heard reading is Liz Mitchell. Show consultant and WFHB News Department Director is Kate Young. Program engineer is Chantal LaFontaine. Original theme music was created by Janelle FM with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Clarence Boone. And I'm Liz Mitchell. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.